Welcome to the Martial Mind Power Podcast, where you discover how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization, inspired by martial arts and philosophy. How Martial Arts Saved My Life by Vic Hoti, martial arts instructor with black belts in five different martial arts. The next Martial Mind Power talk is by a gentleman who started martial arts, karate, at the young age of eight and went on to study and attain black belts and competition titles in taekwondo, sambo, eskrima, kickboxing and a master level in Wing Chun Kung Fu. He is considered one of the UK pioneers in movement to incorporate kettlebells, club bells and given the first courses in movement and circular strength training as well as tactical fitness. He has been privileged to travel the world teaching martial arts to the weekend warrior through to professional athletes and special forces. He now runs his own martial arts organisation with a full-time academy based in Slough. Despite having an elite level of fitness and being a highly trained martial artist, recently this gentleman nearly died due to being afflicted with a horrendous illness. To find out the secret how martial arts saved this amazing man's life, enjoy listening to Vic's Martial Mind Power Talk. Twenty seventeen was a fantastic year for me. Everything seemed to be going right. The business was going great, relationships in and outside of the gym, and I was in the best physical shape of my life. It's because I finally allowed the lessons that martial arts were trying to teach me to get through my thick skull and permeate into my body. I'm not just talking about the physical confidence and self-defense and all of that kind of thing, but the ability to get out of my own way and live in a state of flow. So punch, uh, martial arts is more than just about punches and kicks. Allow me to put you in frame for a second. Anyone done any martial arts before apart from sparring, anything like this? Yeah. Okay, so you're at home and your instructor gives you a call. He lets you know that there is a monster in the gym waiting for you. Tomorrow morning, he needs you to spar with him. You put down the phone, you say, okay, because you're a martial artist. You think, oh God, why did I just say yes for? This guy's got to be huge. He's got to be like 11 foot tall and 20 foot wide, 200 kilo. It's got to be Wednesday morning. I want to watch Friends. This is terrible. Just get up in the morning, get my stuff together, go to the gym, walk through the door. I timidly look around and then I see the monster in the ring just hitting the pads. Thwack, thwack. I'm like, oh God, that's got to be me. I timidly put my wraps on and get my gloves on and I sneak in under the bottom rope. I say hello to my instructor and just lightly tap the gloves of this monster. He really is huge. Ding, ding, the bell goes and we start circling each other. Because I've already built him up into my mind, every single move he makes, every single flinch, I'm overreacting. He finally goes for a punch and before it even touches me, I'm like, ow. The, because I'm so stiff and tense, all the, all the power goes into me and it remains in there. But the, the negative thoughts start going through my head and I'm thinking, why am I here? This sucks, this is horrible. And I'm having intention as opposed to attention. The problem is the world keeps moving. So me being in my mind doesn't really matter. This guy's hitting me around the head and face. He goes for a takedown, but because he's already awesome in my head, he completes it. He passes my guard, gets an arm, and before he even secures it and hyperextends my elbow, I'm already tapping. I get up. I say, okay, and hang my head in shame, but the beats haven't stopped there for me. As I walk out, I'm berating myself. I suck, why am I here? Maybe I should give up, etc., etc., etc. You've successfully been a really crap Doctor Who. 
You were traveling through time, only hurting yourself. You were reacting, you're too far in the past, or you were thinking about things that hadn't even happened yet. You're in the future. So let's put you into the martial mindset where you'd be in the present. You get that phone call in the evening. You put down the phone and you realize, this is a chance for me to practice my moves. I can practice my skill set against somebody. Comp compete from the root word computer to work together. So in the morning, I walk through the front door of the gym. I look around, give eye contact to everybody. I'm happy to be there. And I see that monster in the ring hitting the pads. Whack, whack. I'm like, excellent. But he's not a monster. He's just a collection of body parts that I'm going to slowly practice my skills against. I ceremoniously put my wraps on, put my gloves on, and I vault over the top rope. I say hey to my coach and give a firm fist bump to this guy. I see him. He looks strong, but I feel strong too. We start circling each other, and he tries to get me to overreact. He's, he's fainting and he's moving, but I'm not flinching. I'm intelligently responding. He finally throws that jab, and I defend it. But because I'm relaxed, the pain and shock go straight through my body. It's not pain, it's just stimulation. He goes for his takedown, but this time I sprawl hard and I hit him heavy with my hip. But he's got skill. He gets to my back and he finally takes me down. He goes for the armbar, we have a scramble, and this time he secures it, but I'm not going to give up straight away. I figure for my arms and I'm fighting furiously, but he gets it because he's strong. I get up, we tap gloves and I say, good job, and I walk away. And I'm like Thomas Edison with that when he's trying to create the first light bulb. I haven't failed. I just figured out one of the thousand ways to not do it wrong. You see, I refused to live in the past or the future. I was living in the present and I had a non-attachment to the outcome. This will allow me to grow and develop the more times I meet this guy. So let me take you back to that great, that great year, that 2017. Been working super hard, it's near the end. One of my friends decided to ruin everything and go get married. So I'm like, oh, all right then. And because it's been a long time coming, only a, a suitably savage stag do is appropriate for someone like that. So we went away four days. But what I didn't realize is that there was an illness festering in my body waiting for the exact right conditions to try and kill me. So four days away, I've come back. No sleep, the flight, and I'm feeling particularly ill. But I thought, forget it, it doesn't matter. Monday morning, I'm back to work. Six hours of coaching and training. Tuesday comes around Wednesday and I'm feeling really, really, really ill. My left, my right leg is starting to expand. Actually, it's becoming twice the size of my left leg. And I'm thinking, maybe I should go to the doctors. I get over there and he informs me, you've got rhabdomyolysis. It's the condition where muscle tissue breaks down into the body. My body was furiously trying to clear it out, which caused compartment syndrome, where basically the muscles inside the leg were filling up full of fluid. I go to intensive care and they give me the great news. Mr. Hoti, we've got to cut you open to save the leg because it was contracting so hard it was actually snapping the bones. And I thought, seems like a good move. So Saturday night, they cut me open hip to knee to alleviate the pain. I wake up on Sunday morning. I asked him, how did it go? And of course, there's more bad news waiting for me. Listen, Mr. Hoti, it's got to happen in your left leg and your left arm also. You've got to go back in surgery. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to ruin my plans on Monday. So back in I go, five surgeries later in 24 hours, and the, and the illness is starting to get the better of me. I'm in a coma. Tuesday passes around. Wednesday, I'm, it's a strange situation. I was, even though I was in a coma, I was aware, and I had an interesting experience that goes beyond the realm of this talk, but I'll be happy to talk about it afterwards. On Wednesday, though, I felt myself even though I was in the coma, slip away. 
And that's when the doctors had called in my friends and loved ones and said, Mr. Hoti's heart had been beating at 180 meets a minute for 20 hours. His kidneys have failed. His blood is like honey. You better say your goodbyes. Thursday happens, Friday, Saturday, I am too stubborn to die. I wake up and through blurred eyes and muffled voices, I can hear and understand the gravity of my situation. I can't move 85% of my body and I've got a tube in my mouth. And the first thing I do is I point at everybody and give them the thumbs up. I'm okay, are you okay? Looking perplexed, oh, we're completely fine. The tube comes out and then the next thought comes to my head. Well, first of all, they asked me how I am. And I thought, it's a strange question. I've got gaping holes all over my body, completely open incisions. One, two, three, four, five. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I, I feel shit, but what can you do? The next thing I want to know is when can I start rehab? What followed after that was just a bad news after bad news. The next day, the doctor comes in. Hello, Vic. Good morning. How you doing, doc? Your kidneys are destroyed. You'll be on dialysis for 36 hours at a time with a view of getting new kidneys. All right, fantastic. The next hit comes in. Your condition seems to be spreading. You may need to have more surgery to alleviate more pressure off your body. Oh, great. Another hit comes in because I hadn't slept for days. Sorry, we can't give you any medication because reason number one, you don't have any kidneys. Ah, oh, this is fantastic. Again, falling back to the lessons from the mat. Just got to exhale, relax and roll with the punches. After that, I just got to, I started to try and rehab, just get into the mind frame of rehab, but it was difficult. I was so disconnected from my body. I felt disassociated. And I thought, I've got such an intrinsic understanding of what's going on inside. Why can't I get into myself? And it's because of the horrible concoctions of pain medication they had me on. Fentanyl, the anesthesia, the morphine, it's just, it completely made me, it zombified my mind. So, so I asked the doctors, I pleaded with them, please, can you lower the dosage? Well, of course you can't. You've got these gaping holes. We need to manage your pain. I said, look, this isn't my first rodeo. Me and pain are friends. I know how to deal with it. Uh, allow me to concentrate on my breath and get into my body. Martial arts is more than just about punches and kicks. They grudgingly agreed and we, and we started the process. They lowered the pain meds. I focused more on my breath. The more in line I got in my breath, the more in line became with my mind, the more I can allow my reality to start to manifest itself. It got to the point where I made my edge, made my way to the edge of the bed. From the edge of the bed, I got to the chair. From the chair, I'm on crutches. From crutches, we are sailing. I'm going up and down the corridor of the hospital. I'm causing problems for the nurses. I'm giving heart attacks to the doctors. And I convinced my physiotherapist, Ollie, to sneak me out to fire exit so I can go up and down the stairs and get some real rehab going on. A couple of days after that, I'm flying. I, and I get up in the morning and the doctors come in, finally floating in with some good news. Mr. Hoti, I'm like, oh, here we go. Your kidneys seem to be all right. I'm like, not bad. I couldn't help a small smile to creep on my face, but as quickly as it came, it went, because I know things can be given to you and things can be taken away from you. So I choose to live the middle ground. He said, why aren't you more happy? I said, four weeks ago, you said I was dead. Two weeks ago, you said I'll never have kidneys. And now you're saying I'm gonna be okay. I think I'm just going to get on in control with what I can control in this moment in time. I want to get up and get my ass out of here. So the rehab is, is going incredibly well. And the doctor has turned around and said, we're going to release you on Friday AM. <sighs> Home. 
Everything I've just said about having a non-attached part of the goal and living in the moment, forget it. I threw it out. I was completely attached about going home. I was like, I'm going to shower in my own bath. I'm going to use my own toilet. I'm going to sit on my big lazy chair on my black, on my big flat screen TV and watch pointless countless hours of Netflix. I cannot wait. All right. Friday comes around and the doctor comes in. He says, morning, Vic. I'm saying, what's up? He comes in and he shakes my hand and his nostrils flare. I'm like, okay, what's going on? He said, Vic, you smell. I'm like, oh, you smell. Give me my jeans. I want to go home. He's like, he pulled back one of my bandages. He recoiled. I said, oh, there seems to be some flesh eating away over here. I think you've got an infection. He pulled away the other bandages and sure enough, sure enough, the Every single one of my wounds was infected. And he gives me the great news that I've got to go back into surgery and start all over again. They've got to cut away all of the flesh. <sighs> I've got to be completely honest with you. It, it crushed me just a little bit, just a tiny bit. But you learn this from the mat. It's the difference between a low-level martial artist and a high one. It's not the fact that everything goes perfect, perfectly well all the time. It's your ability to recover from when things go wrong. Because if they can, they will. All right? It's like a pebble going down the stream. It ricochets off the other rocks, but it keeps flowing. So back in surgery we go. I get up, but this time I've got a, a quilt, a comfortable quilt over me of, of assurance because I've been here before. I know exactly what to do. I know that I possess the the skills and the mindset to get me through the situation. So I had to learn to walk all over again from the beginning. But this time it was quicker. I was I was in my breath. I was more assured. One day passes, three day passes, five day passes. I've beat every single marker and I'm already off crutches. I'm ready to go home. The doctors come in and said, time for you to leave, Mr. Hoti. Like, all right, not bad. He goes, there's nothing short of a miracle. I said, I'm not sure about that. So focused effort and diligent practice, not just mine, but yours also. Let me go home. Out the door I went, my feet into the London pavement, the cold air, and you know what? It felt amazing. I sat into my friend's car, and on the way home, I'm thinking about world domination. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I've got so much energy, the fire's raging, but then I pulled myself back in. Take it easy, Vic. Take things one step at a time. So the first step was to go to my mother's house. Of course, mummy's boy, right? I went, I went there because she's the archetype for my type of thinking. She had a hard life. She lost everything, but she still was an amazing woman and a fantastic mother. My parents gave me all the raw materials and the martial arts solidified those materials. Next after that was to build my body back up piece by piece. Went into the garage, knelt down the floor and performed my first push-up since being ill. Of course, I fell flat on my face. I wanted everything but expected nothing and it was okay. You just brush it off, I fell down. I just regressed the movement. I pushed myself back onto my knees and done little baby push-ups. Baby push-ups became full push-ups. Assisted squats became full squats. Five-minute workouts became 50-minute work workouts. And in three weeks, I'm back again, I'm flying. And I decided to put all my focus and energy into a single point. And that was to tr try and break a Guinness World Records for most amount of punches performed with the singular arm because that was the only arm that hadn't had the surgery done on it. Which I'd done, I beat it. And I raised a certain amount of money for research that goes into 
finding out about my condition so my suffering can become someone else's solution. It really hit home the importance of having a goal and attaching it onto something larger than myself. That brings me here to this point right now where I get to stand in front of you great people. That martial arts has given me the gift, has taught me how to live my life. And the funny thing about martial arts is the answers are always directly in front of your face. Martial arts, yang, yin, the destruction and the creation, allowing you to reveal the true self, to get out of your own way, to live in flow and be present in every single moment. If you took some value out of this podcast, then please like and subscribe to our channel. If you feel this podcast will help a loved one, then please kindly spread this wisdom by sharing this podcast link with them. For more information and learning materials on how to cultivate self-mastery towards your self-realization inspired by martial arts and philosophy, please go to www.martialmindpower.com. See you in the next podcast.